Good morning. So when I said this in the first service, that when I was thinking back to when I was a senior in high school and somebody shouted out, oh, last year. So we'll go ahead and get the elephant in the room. Yes, I am the youngest one on staff. I get it. I, I think they picked me to preach this week for a reason. Yes, I am young. Let's all laugh. So when I was a senior in high school, though, um, I remember being just bombarded with the question, so what's the plan for next year? Asked that probably 10 times a week, and then by May, 10 times a day. Um, I mean, y'all remember getting asked that when you were seniors or when you were graduating college or different milestones, and people would say, what's the plan? And that's a... We, we all mean well when we ask that question because we genuinely want to know, but it, ugh, it's the worst when you don't have the plan. <laughs> um, I remember feeling very exhausted by that question because I was an indecisive person and did not know what my plan was until the middle of April of my senior year. Um, so until, until that point, um, I, I would give the answer, oh, you know, I'm still kind of trying to decide. I'm, I'm not sure quite yet. And people would always respond with, well, Gracie, God's got a great plan for you. And so I'd smile and nod because that's what I'm supposed to do. But inside I was thinking, would God maybe want to let me know what that is so that I could put a housing deposit down? <laughs> God's got a great plan for you. People like to throw that out there at different milestones like high school graduation, other graduations, at marriage, different points of your life. They, they say that in encouragement. They, they talk about talking about God's plan of, well, it's in, God, it's in God's plan for me, I guess, to go to this college. Or um, I'm, you know, just trusting in God's plan that God will show me the way. Um, but I remember another time in particular feeling very, very concerned about God's plan for me. And it was only a few years later in college, uh, I was trying to decide, make the agonizing choice of how I should spend my summer. <laughs> should it be on, a, should I work at a summer camp or should I go on a mission trip? And I, that sent me, I was so anxious about that decision. Um, I was very afraid about God's plan. That intimidated me, of that God's plan must be this one thing, and I'm not sure what it is, and I'm terrified that I'm going to make the wrong choice, and it's going to completely set my life off track, headed for destruction. <laughs> I was terrified that I was going to make the wrong choice. Because often, oftentimes when we're presented with a fork in the road, with a decision that we have to make, there are times when it's very clear that one, one choice is the one that's better for us, that's um, more a healthier life choice, and that the other one may be more fun or uh, maybe fun in the short term, but in the long run would not be good. And it can be, a, it can be 
more distinct of what's the right choice to make. But I feel like more often than not, it's, you're presented with two gray options, not so much black and white, that it's hard to distinguish which one is better than the other. And you're kind of presented with, I don't know what to choose. Both seem good, or both seem, neither seem great, <laughs> whatever that is, there's, it's less clear. And that's really where I got tripped up, because clearly, working at a summer camp or going on a mission trip are both very good options. They are not like, it's not like one is headed tr clearly for destruction, although in my head, apparently it was. But I was so afraid that I was missing something, that I was going to make this wrong choice, that God could pinpoint my life back to this, this choice, that this would set me off, and I would be off God's plan for me. And that it would take so many decisions and so many trials to get back on God's plan for me. And some of y'all, I envy because you make decisions really easily. Like, you, you actually know what you want to eat when somebody asks, where should we go to eat? Please, please don't ask me where I want to go to eat, as I don't know. But I bet even then, even when you've made these big life choices, you, you've had something, maybe at the back of your head, maybe a lot quieter for you than for some of us, where you kind of wondered, was, was that the right choice? Was that the right call? Did I, did I decide too quick there? Should I, should I really have chosen football to be my sport and not baseball? Should I have really picked this college over the others? Was that, was that right? Should I, should really not have taken that job? Is, am I sure that's not God's plan for me? Should we have picked the private school over the public school for our kids? I don't know. What's, what's God's plan? Should I have, should I have gone and listened to that other doctor's recommendations? I don't know what's God's plan. And maybe you do what, what people around you are trying to comfort you, tell you that they'll be praying for you and encourage you to pray about it. Help, ask God for discernment. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for clarity. What, God, make this decision clear for me. Shut one of the doors for me. Make it so clear to me what I should choose. But God doesn't always, you know, speak to us in our dreams or, you know, wave a flag in front of us at a stoplight and say, this is the one. And we're left feeling confused and uncertain and anxious about, are we, are we doing what's right? Are we being faithful to God's plan. How, how can we know what is God's plan for us? Or better yet, how can we follow 
God's plan for us. And most of the time that I hear people talking about God's plan in their lives, they're referring to a specific events happening in their lives. Like, you know, they didn't accept the offer on, on our house, that, on the house that we made, so must not be in God's plan for us to have that house. Or, you know, we, we finally got pregnant, so now it's, it's all in God's perfect timing. God, it was in God's plan for us to have a family now. Or that diagnosis that they receive and they say, well, God has a greater plan. I'm trusting in God's plan. And I, I don't mean to invalidate what is comforting and what is true, which is that God is a good God who loves us and who is in control. But I wonder if we could change how we think about God's plan. Because what scripture says might just do that. In 1 Thessalonians, especially in chapter 4, Paul is encouraging the church at Thessalonica to stay committed to the teachings of Jesus, to following the instructions that they had received from Jesus through various teachers. And starting in verse 2, Paul says that you know you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. This is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. God's plan for you is sanctification. It's it's holiness. Sanctification means to grow in holiness, to grow to be more like God, to follow the teachings of Jesus, to grow in our holiness. Paul says that's, that's God's plan for you, is your sanctification, to grow to be more like God. And this this plan of God for our, our holiness is not just this individual holiness, but it's actually Paul's writing to the whole church at Thessalonica and is actually speaking to the group. So it's actually very biblically sound to say that it's God's plan for y'all to grow in sanctification. It's all y'all. It's a group deal. The whole church, y'all grow in sanctification. And we'll talk more about what that means in a second, but Paul goes on to list the things that he thinks will get in the way of their sanctification. He lists kind of a don't list of you might want to avoid these things. Um, but then he goes on to list things that he thinks will help them grow in their holiness, that will help them to become more like God. And that's in, verse, in chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Paul says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this. This is the will of God 
for you in Jesus Christ. What is God's plan, according to Paul, is for all of us to grow to be more like God, to rejoice, to pray, to give thanks. And it's, it's a group project, which some of you are like, oh no. <laughs> I Trust me, I avoid them at all costs. But apparently God calls us to a group project of helping each other to grow in holiness, to grow in likeness of God. That's why God's, Paul's saying, pray always, give thanks always, because there's gonna be times when you can't. So you need to do it for the other people in your church who can't do that until they can. And then it will be your turn to pray always and rejoice for them until they can do it for themselves. It's a, it's a group deal, sanctification, as well as a personal, individual one. So instead of God's plan being focused on individuals or on specific events in our lives, it seems that there is one thing that God does plan for us, and it's the same for all of us, every last one of us, and that's to grow in likeness of God. That means doing all the things that God did. God gave us a great example of that in Jesus Christ. It's a great example of how to become more like God. Doing what Jesus did, which is loving radically, fighting and seeking for justice, participating in healing and transforming the world and people's lives, sharing about God's love, welcoming the stranger, sharing about God's kingdom, making heaven and earth meet. And Jesus confirms this for us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, as he's in the middle of his sermon on the mount. He says, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all else, all these things, will be given to you as well. Those, those other things that he's talking about, Jesus was in the middle of teaching about God and money and how you can't love both, and I promise we're not going into money today, but he's trying to remind the people that they don't, they don't need to worry about money or the things that money provides for them because God knows them and God provides for them. So he's trying to remind them, don't seek first after money, but you could replace that with anything of just don't seek first after anything but the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let the kingdom of God dictate your choices, your life, the way that you live. Strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Building God's kingdom is just doing what Jesus did. That's, that's what Jesus' ministry can be summed up to, is building God's kingdom and showing us how to build 
God's kingdom. Jesus wants it to be clear what God's plan is for us. He wants us to be quite certain what God's plan is and that it's not it's not a series of events that are set off like a domino when we make a choice, but that God's plan for us is to grow in likeness of God and to build God's kingdom. To grow in likeness of God is building God's kingdom. And building God's kingdom is growing in likeness of God. You can't do one without the other. That is God's, that is God's plan for us. And as I think back to that year in college when I was so worried about God's plan, what I didn't realize was that there isn't just one way to follow God's plan. That God's plan for me is not actually about me. God's plan is actually this grand scale covering all time and space that I got to be a part of. That God's plan was for the world to grow in likeness of God. And I realized, well, I didn't realize. Somebody had to tell me, please, don't hear that I realized this on my own. A lot of people had to tell me. how it happened, God maybe wasn't as concerned about rather than that it happened. God wasn't as concerned about how I lived out growing in likeness of God, what choices I made to live that out. But God was more concerned that I grew grew in likeness of God, that I continue to grow in likeness of God. And seniors, as you begin this next chapter, and all of us who are in various stages of our life, maybe some of us are entering new chapters too, you'll be faced with a lot of choices, and you've already been faced with a lot of choices, and you have decision fatigue, so you don't have to make any more today. But just be assured that there are lots of ways to follow God's plan for you. There are lots of right answers. Don't feel the pressure that there's just one and that you're going to royally screw up and completely be off God's path and plan for you. God has second, third, and a hundredth chances We know our God to be a God of love, not one who tricks us. It's not like that multiple choice question where multiple of the answers are true, but one of them is the best, and you have to figure out which one is the best. Ugh, those are just mean. And they trick us into 
doing things, applying that to our lives. God isn't trying to trick us. God isn't trying to trick us. What, what if instead this is a multiple choice test and God says, hey, how about any of the above? As long as you're following after me. As long as you're seeking my kingdom first. I'm pretty good with whatever you choose. God's kingdom God's kingdom is about justice and equity and mercy and love. How are we to seek God's kingdom as Jesus calls us to? Well, somebody call my Methodist doctrine professors because I deserve an A today because John Wesley came up with three simple rules. Three simple rules. The first one is to do no harm. Did you know that? That was John Wesley. Do no harm. The second one is do all the good you can. However you can, in all the ways you can, with whatever means you can, do all the good that you can. And the last one is to follow the ordinances of God. And that's just 18th century speak for stay in relationship with God. That looks like reading scripture, praying, going to worship, maybe fasting, whatever your spiritual practices are. That's, that's part of the general rule for life. So to seek first the kingdom of God, to follow God's plan, maybe just check yourself with those three questions. To the best of my knowledge, is this doing no harm? Is this avoiding hurting anybody in my life, anybody I might not know? Is this choice enable me to do all the good I can? Will I be able to do lots and lots of good with this? And the last one, will this, this choice help me stay in love with God? Will this enable me to continue my spiritual practices? Will this help me to grow as I become more like God? Will this help me in my holiness? See, I think we've We've complicated God's plan. When really, it's quite simple, God says. This is my plan for you. Your sanctification. If, you, if you're a little confused on how to do that, well, just try not to hurt anybody. Try to do some good. Try to do all the good. Just stay in relationship with me. I think think that's God's plan for us. I think God is much, much more concerned 
that we stay in relationship with God, however that may look, than how we do it. As long as we are following after God, I have good news for you. You're right on track in God's plan. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we, your people, are always trying to be faithful. We're always trying to do what's right. We want to please you, God. But sometimes we're faced with decisions that we just don't know what to do. We don't know which one is right, and we become overwhelmed and concerned that maybe this one, maybe we made the wrong choice. But God, would you, would you assure us that whatever choice we make, as long as we seeking, are seeking you first, that we're doing okay? Would you fill us with your spirit your spirit of courage and your spirit of bravery to make the choices to go and build your kingdom, to be filled with love, God, the love that you have that you allow us choices in how to glorify you. God, thank you for your freedom. Thank you for your love. God, we especially lift up these seniors today, these your precious children, and we thank you for the holy privilege to have been able to pour into them these people who will change the world, God, that indeed you do have great plans for them, and it's that they will grow in your likeness. They will grow to be more like you. So will you be with them, God, go before them and within them, May they always know your presence. We lift this up in your loving name. Amen.